good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. Another Saturday morning. Where do the weeks go in spring? I can tell you, stocking benches, bringing in trucks filled with beautiful plants, and uh, just overall, a lot of hours at the garden center. And the weeks are flying by, folks, and I have finally mowed my lawn. It is all beautiful, and I look out this morning and I go, oh, I got to do it again. It's spring is sprung. It's here. It's happening. You know, plants are are absolutely bounding out of the ground. This rain we're having is really making things change quickly. We're catching up on time. You know, last week I thought we were about a month behind. Now we're probably maybe two weeks. So, you know, things are changing very quickly. So we need to change with it very quickly. Um, so if you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. But the nice part about having a little bit later spring is the plants are behind, okay? So not only are you behind, but everything's kind of falling into place. One thing that I've noticed, the pansies have held really well. Normally by this time, I'm kind of starting to say, well, you know, maybe we think about not planting, you know, pansies and going on to our annuals and stuff. But to be perfectly honest, the pansies still look amazing, okay? With all these cold temperatures we've had at night, they aren't stretching. The blooms really look still good. I think we're going to have an extended pansy season, so you might want to throw some of those in with the rest of the annuals and baskets and everything that you're thinking about doing. And of course, it's Mother's Day weekend, okay? So Mother's Day and Memorial weekend are a week earlier this year, okay? So don't panic if you don't get everything done, you know, that you feel like you're kind of behind, Everybody is going crazy right now. It's kind of like a frenzy in the garden center because we all feel a little bit behind. You know, everybody has to get their mulching done. They have to get their cleanup done, make sure the lawn's mowed. You know, just everything has kind of hit us all at once. But here's kind of a bloom report of some heavy hitters in the the nursery that are great for gifts and or blooming right now. So, of course, in the garden, the daffodils look amazing. But PJM rhododendrons in the garden center look amazing. Also, Aglow and Olga rhododendrons are just starting to crack color. The lilacs, great gift, folks. We've got some beautiful Pocahontas and a few other varieties that are in bloom right now. Would would be a great gift for mom. Azaleas are always a good one and roses. Daphne Carol Mackey, another wonderful plant. Fragrant, variegated foliage, nice little plant. Those look amazing right now. Fragrant viburnums, another one that's got great spice to it. A lot of people will call them Mayflower viburnum. Some are earlier, some are a little later, but right now they're starting to bloom. And then, of course, perennials, salvias, foxgloves, violas, columbine, geum, clematis are all budded up, galardia, hookera, creeping flocks. Just the world is your oyster in the garden center right now. Things are really changing very quickly. It's amazing from day to day, these temperatures in the high 60s, just things have all of a sudden bounded out of the pot. They're starting to bloom. They're all buds. It's amazing how things have changed. But let's talk about out in the garden a little bit because speaking of buds and flowers, I wanted to bring up forsythia because I'm noticing huge variations between forsythia some are blooming really well, some are not. And we've had a lot of questions, people, people coming in and asking, why is my forsythia not blooming well? You know, what did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. This is just a product of our tough winter. And later in the show, we'll talk a lot more, well, not a lot more, but we'll talk more about more winter damage that has shown up, okay? And I've been bringing this up for multiple weeks. And at this point, we definitely are seeing all that damage, okay? But for Scythia, you notice probably a lot of them, they're blooming just down around the lower branches, and that's where it was covered by snow, okay? It protected those flower buds from those bone-chilling, bone-chilling winter winds we had. You remember those. They weren't that far back here, but they really just killed those flower buds, Now, here's kind of my thoughts, okay? Number one, I am seeing huge differences within varieties, okay? 
We sell New Hampshire gold. We sell Linwood gold. We sell uh, gold tide. We sell, you know, um, all the proven winner series. Um, You know, so there's many varieties. The one that I see that's doing best on the coldest winters are is is a variety called New Hampshire Gold. Now there are many others like Sunrise and you know that are hardy also, but New Hampshire Gold is one that I have really seen excellent success with. And we sold a nice big New Hampshire Gold to a neighbor across the street from our Yarmouth store. Oh, I'd say 3 or 4 years ago. And it's absolutely stunning. Not a branch on it that does not have a blossom on it. It is just a ball of beautiful yellow flowers. Lovely plant. And then here, there, everywhere, you see Linwood Gold. You see some of the other varieties that have been sold over the years. And they all just have a very few flowers. So it's very specific to variety that you buy. So when you're going to a garden center or any type of store, ask for bud hardiness, okay? Now, New Hampshire Gold's not as vigorous a grower. It doesn't bloom as well as a young plant. So there are some negatives to it. Where Linwood, it's huge. It's fast growing. It takes up space. It's great for, you know, screening. So there are positives to that also. If you want to give up a little bit of the blossom but you need big growth, maybe Linwood's a better choice. And periodically, you're going to get a really great year where it's going to bloom like crazy. So we sell Linwood still because some people want a faster-growing Forsythia that they can use for screening. All right? So this is the problem, okay? It's bud hardiness. It has nothing to do with what you're doing, good, bad, or otherwise, now. Here's how we try to help the plant get better buds for for next year. I want you to think about pruning, okay, now, okay? On forsythia that's just blooming around the base, you might want to think about pruning that plant back by 25% right now. Then we'll fertilize with some plantone. It's going to push out new growth, which is going to be the best flower buds for the following year, okay? So going in and shaping it. If you have one that's blooming really well, wait until the blossoms just start to drop. So maybe another week, 10 days, two weeks, all depends on Mother Nature. But as soon as those blossoms start to drop, we just go ahead and prune it back hard, okay, 25%, maybe even 50% if it's getting out of control. Wherever the shears are hot, you know, just prune it back. Nice little fertilizer underneath. It's going to flush out and look beautiful all summer. Now, the other thing is, late fall, I want you to do some waterings on it, okay? I want you to give two or three weeks of watering in October and early November, just to make sure that plant's nice and moist, and that will help with the buds not getting dried out in the winter. So those are the tips to try to help Versithia through. Does it mean it's going to happen? No. Remember, bud hardiness, hardy varieties, make your choices informed. Okay, the New Hampshire golds we have are young plants. They don't have any flowers on them in a container. And many people will just kind of go, eh, I don't really want that. I want a gift that's in bloom, you know. Give the gift of longevity to bloom by picking the right variety. And that's why going to an independent garden center is important. You can learn these little things. Now, that beautiful Linwood sitting there, and it's in full bloom, you know, it looks wonderful. Is it the right choice? Maybe, maybe not. Is it a bad variety? No. Obviously, because we're still stocking it, we're still carrying it, it is a good variety. But New Hampshire Gold might be a better choice. So think about that. We've got quite a few of those in stock, and they always perform very well. And this was a good, good year to test that. So the other thing is fruit trees. They're starting to do their thing. Okay? If you have a question about your fruit trees, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're talking about fruit trees because now's the time to start thinking about we've got to do some spraying fairly soon. We've got perfect conditions for problems on your fruit trees. And obviously, we usually start about at bud break. 
But the reason I'm bringing this up is there's been some changes in the labeling of some of the different fruit trees on the market. And I wanted to make people aware that things are changing. Okay, there are different products, there's new formulations, there's a lot of things that are changing. Our old-fashioned fruit tree spray that we've been, you know, selling for 20-plus years now has a new label. It can only be sprayed twice a year on the crop, okay? Where we used to say every two weeks you spray this, now the formulation's a little different, things are changing, technology's changing, labeling's changing, so it's always important that you go ahead and read the label from year to year when you pick up a new bottle, okay? Because things do change, okay? And on our fruit tree stray, it's twice a season now. It used to be once every two weeks we were recommending on this product. Now it's twice a season. So what does that mean? Really simple. Okay, we've got a new product. It's called Citrus Fruit and Nut Orchard Spray. This is a more maintenance spray. Okay, so again, we've changed up products. We're going a little less toxicity. We're using something that's a little bit more environmentally friendly to be able to use it a little more often. Okay, knock down the heavy hitters, but not kind of dial it right in. But we're going to use the fruit tree spray a couple times for when we have really bad scenario weather situations. So if it looks like we're going to have a week of rain, maybe you spray that fruit tree spray right before that or right after that to take care of the problems where the citrus fruit and nut is going to kind of ward off the minor things. Okay, So it's a little different approach. If you're taking an organic approach towards your fruit trees, obviously pruning is very important, airflow, not having too many fruit. you know. So we would do some of the other things as we get on later into the crop cycle. So I wanted to bring that to everyone's attention because when label changes happen, a lot of times we're just used to going to the shelf picking up a bottle of what we always use. We've got it written down on the sprayer, what we use, and we do it every single year in the same fashion. I still want you to stop and read, okay? Stop and read the label. It's very important. That information is vital to really just make sure everyone's being safe, okay? If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. If you're shy, just give the question to Debbie, and we'll read it on the air, and we'll talk about it, okay? So all kinds of different topics today. We're going to be talking a little bit more about how to start a blueberry patch, okay? This is a question, you know, spacing, size, do I cover, don't I cover? Am I using them as an ornamental? You know, do I want fruit production? What type of problems I might have? We'll talk more about winter damage, of course, because that's a whole nother ball of wax. And then sluggo, we'll talk about that. It's time to start thinking about putting some of that down to get ahead of the slugs. Last year, everybody was behind. I'm going to try to get you ahead of the curve this year. And also talk about some a couple of different products for your tomatoes because it's veggie time. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at MainIGC.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at MainIGC.com. If you want a perfect lawn this year, you need to stop weeds before they come up. Bonide makes that happen with Bonide Weed Beater Complete. Bonide Weed Beater Complete is a total lawn weed control product. It prevents weed seeds from germinating and kills weeds that are already there. Tough grassy weeds like crabgrass and nutsedge, as well as broadleaf weeds like clover and creeping charlie are no match for Weed Beater Complete. 
Weed Beater Complete kills over 200 hard-to-kill grassy and broadleaf weeds. It works through the roots and shoots of a weed, killing it before it can get started or after the weed has started to grow. Available in a convenient granular formula for easy spreader application. Let's get you to a picture-perfect lawn. Stop on your way home and pick up some Bonide Weed Beater Complete at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit maineigc.com or bonide.com. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. I want a great garden this year, but I don't know where to start. Does this sound like you? With so many great plants available, it can be tough knowing which ones are right for you and your home. The gardening pros at Estabrooks can help. Every time I come, they're always helpful to us. They are really knowledgeable about things because I don't know that much about gardening, so they always tell me what you know would be right in my house in the sun and the setting. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, on a little bit dreary Saturday morning, but it looks like it's going to be okay here on the coast, you know, a little bit overcast, a little maybe drizzle, but, you know, it's Mother's Day weekend, so no worries, you know, the baskets are ready, everything's looking great, you know, but uh, if you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We have Kathy on the phone this morning. Kathy, good morning. Good morning, Tom. Um, my question is on uh, butterfly bushes. Yes. Are there any newer varieties that are likely more able to survive in our climate? And if I get one this year, is there anything I can do now to get it to come back next year? Okay. Unfortunately, there really isn't uh, any new varieties that I feel are any more hardy. Um, you know, butterfly bush is kind of what I like to call an elevator plant here in Maine. It grows nice and big, and then it dies back in the winter, and then it grows nice and big, and then it dies back in the winter. Now, where do you live, Kathy? Right in the Portland area. In the Portland area. Okay, so here's a couple things that I've found really help with butterfly bush. Number one, don't prune them back in the fall, okay? So a lot of folks will prune them down in the fall and tidy them up, which looks great for all of the winter, but actually what it's doing is it's opening up for all those freezing temperatures, frost, snow, ice to get down into the plant and kill the crown of the plant. What I'd rather see you do is leave that up. We could lightly prune the top of it if we need to, but I want to keep those long canes because the base is probably going to leaf out much better. Now, some people will say, you know, uh, mulch up around it. I don't agree with that. If you're in a windy spot, my suggestion is four stakes in the ground and some burlap around the stakes. That gives us some wind protection um, as a windbreak. And it also allows the snow to fall down inside the burlap, okay? So you get insulation from the snow, you get protection from the wind, and it's very important. This is probably the number one thing when it comes to butterfly bush. After August 1st, I want the plant to go to seed, okay? I want you to stop deadheading it. I want you to let it slow down and go into winter. I find if we keep deadheading it through the month of August... The plant tries to grow itself to death. And by the time we hit September and October, we're really, at that point, treating it as an annual if we keep deadheading it and it flowering right till frost. I hadn't heard that. Okay. Uh, let's stop doing that in August. Yeah, and fertilizer by August 1st, we're done. Okay? okay. No more feed. You can fertilize April, May, June, July, maybe light. But then we want to stop. Okay, and the reason being is we want it to slow down and go into winter. Now, if it yellows, gets some yellow leaves, that's probably water stress. So that's another thing. July, August, September, we want to be cautious about stressing the plant. But for the most part, that's the big thing. I want it to think it's reproduced. So by going to seed, it says, ah, I've done my job. I can stop growing. I can slow down. I can go into winter. 
and then next spring you'll find it'll just explode out of the ground and do much better. All right. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All right. If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310-877-393-8255. These are the little things, folks, that independent garden centers know about. It's that slowing the plant down. Now, what I will say is I also like to use butterfly bushes an annual, okay, and push that thing to death, okay? Sometimes for the 30 to $50, it's worth it, okay? And depending on the spot, like you could put one in a beautiful container midsummer and use it, use it, use it, get great flower right all the way into October and not worry about it overwintering. So you can use it in multiple ways. If you're looking to get that to survive and do well out in the garden, though, we've got to be cautious, not push growth too late into the season. Unfortunately, Mother Nature here in Maine, we really need to be cautious about slowing certain plants down. You know, slowing them down, getting them into, you know, acclimating back into fall, into winter. Let's face it, our falls kind of change with the times, okay? It's, you know, we could have a late, late, late Indian summer, which will push plants later, and then we get tip dye back. We could have a really cool fall, and things start to slow down. So every year is a little bit different in the fall, but I like to be err on the side of caution on these tender plants. Shut them down earlier. Stop fertilizing a little bit earlier. Now, yeah, the show isn't as good late fall, but that's okay if it comes back year after year. You know, so pick your poison, decide how you want to handle things, and I think you'll be in great shape wintering some of those tender plants. So here's the other thing that we talk, we, we want to kind of bring up today is building that beautiful blueberry patch. And this is something I've been kind of contemplating doing for about two years now. I actually, last fall was it? It was either last fall or the fall before. I tagged a bunch of big blueberries at the garden center, as I do many plants periodically. And I didn't have time to get them in, so I sold them. I ended up selling them. So if you ever see my name on plants, everything's for sale in the garden center, especially as it gets later in the fall. <laughs> and my staff will tell you, they'll ask me, because I'll tag certain things, and, and I, I don't get it home, and I don't get things done as, with my busy schedule. So let's talk about building a nice little patch of blueberries, because there's nothing better than fresh blueberries. So I, I like the high bush. You know, low bush, I find we can get here, there, everywhere. I like to use low bush as an ornamental mixed in perennial beds. If we get some blueberries, great. If we don't, that's fine too. But support the local blueberry people. They do such a wonderful job here in Maine. Why not support the local blueberry people? Now, high bush blueberries, that's a little bit different story, okay? I like to use these in the garden as bird attraction, as you get them for fruit, as nice fall red red fall color they have a lot of attributes nice if you have a wet spot so a lot of different options but here's what i if you want fruit production okay we're talking fruit today you want to build a nice patch now the first thing i look at is spacing so i figure every six to eight feet i'm going to plant a high bush blueberry okay so six to eight feet on center is what i would recommend I would like a place where I could walk all the way around them, okay? There's nothing worse than planting them up against a fence, and you can't reach through and pick those blueberries on the backside. You knock the branch, they all fall on the ground. Frustrating. Really tough scenario. So I like a place where I can walk all the way around them. So I'm planting them six to eight feet apart. You figure they look really far apart. They are this little plant when you plant them, but think about it. They're going to get big. You want to be able to walk all the way around them so you can pick easily and give them enough space. And they'll look really nice doing that. If you have a moist spot, that's a perfect scenario. If you don't, you just got to have it where you can get water to them easily. Okay? Maybe some soaker hoses around the base. As they get older, you can just hook up the hose and leave it for an hour. And that will be your watering for a week. So we've got the good spacing. Then we have to talk about structures. And you say, why do, why do we have to talk about structures? If you want fruit, you need to cover them 
with a net of some sort. Now, some people will drape a net right over the plant. I personally like to build a nice structure that I can put the net up over. It's ornamental. If I wanted to, I could put a vine on it. But create a structure that is going to give you something that's going to add to the garden as a garden element, but also be able to protect from all those wonderful birds. If you want to attract birds, put those out in the landscape. Great fall color, attract birds. Don't worry about the fruit because they're going to strip it. But if you want fruit production, we need to cover it with a bird netting, like Bird X is it called. Or we could use a heavier product like deer fencing, and it would last a little longer. So I like to put my structure, if I'm planting six to eight feet, I, I want that structure to be maybe 10 feet wide. Now, you can make it eight feet, you know, but think about it. If you're covering with that netting and you're trying to get around those plants, and it's going to look huge when you first plant it, but think about five years, 10 years down the road. Build it out of something that's going to last, okay? I like pressure treated. I don't have any problem if they're 10 feet away, the post. I'm not going to worry about contamination or anything like that. But I like, you know, a real heavy post because think about it. You know, cedar lasts a long time, but it will rot out in the ground. You know, maybe use a vinyl structure, you know, is another way. But think about the long term. It's going to cost a little more, but I think it's going to pay long term. There's nothing worse than when you go to cover that structure and it falls down. You know, then you're behind the eight ball. So here's a few other tips, okay? Good fertilization every year with Hollytone, okay? So every spring, come in in April, put some Hollytone around. We'll also do a little bit more in May. And then we're going to let them kind of sit idle for a little bit. We're going to let the bees do their thing. We're going to see nice fruit setting. And then we're going to start liquid feeding them, okay, with something like miracle Grow or Miracid. Okay, and what I like about the liquid is it gives us that charge in order for ripening. Okay, that's why I'm going away from doing, um, you know, like a, a, a plant tone and continuing that. Okay, I want a couple shots in June of a liquid fertilizer. Now, you could use also fish emulsion, you know, you could use something like Neptune's Harvest, which would be a great one, but I want a liquid that's going to activate. Okay. Now, here's another tip. You're going to get all these wonderful clusters of berries that are starting to turn blue. And if you look at a cluster of berries, there's a few things you need to know. You never pick the cluster all at once, okay? Now, when you look at a cluster, it's usually three, five, seven in a group. The center one, which is the one that always gets pollinated first, it seems, will turn purple first, Okay, so this is my little trick. I love this because when I tell customers, they're like, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. Have you ever had a high bush blueberry that's really tart? And, you you know, you're going along and you're eating these blueberries and, wow, these are good. These are good. And then you get one or two that, woo, how do you like me now? You know, just ruin the blueberries, in my opinion. Just tart, nasty, oh, just puts a bad taste in your mouth. So what you want to do is pick that center one that's purple first. When you pick that center one, all the rest will ripen at the same time, and then you can pick them by the handful. Okay, so it's a great tip. You pick that little center one out, and the rest, that other cluster, will ripen all at once. And then you can start going through and grabbing handfuls. Now, it's tedious when you first start picking because you have to be diligent about picking the right one and going through, but you're going to love the blueberries you do pick. And then a week or 10 days or two weeks later, you're going to have all these clusters and you'll be able to pick bigger numbers and it'll make it easier for you to see which ones are ready, which ones are not. You're going to see a distinct, it's a darker blue when they are really ripe and ready to go. Okay? So those are all my tips for blueberries. But the biggest thing is summer water, water, water. If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk, WLOB. (music) 
At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Do you want the best-looking lawn in your neighborhood? Let Bonite help with their easy-to-use DuraTurf four-phase lawn program. Just use all four phases of this program throughout the year as directed, and you'll have a healthy weed and insect-free lawn. The four-phase program rids your lawn of over 200 broadleaf and grassy weeds, including crabgrass, nutsedge, and dandelions. And say goodbye to surface insects like fleas and ticks while it slowly feeds your lawn all year long. Bonide offers up to a $35 gift certificate to the store where the Bonide four-phase lawn program is purchased. But you can also buy the four phases individually as you need them. Don't let weeds and insects take over your lawn. Get Bonide DuraTurf four-phase lawn program for a picture-perfect lawn. Bonide is found at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit MaineIGC.com or visit Bonide.com. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. Another Saturday radio show. You know, gosh, the time goes by quick. An hour is sometimes just not enough to talk about everything that's going on in the garden. But boy, I tell you, the, the weeks are flying by and uh, the garden centers look amazing. The, the crews have done such a good job of really putting everything together. The combos look great. The annual hanging baskets are phenomenal. My brother has done a wonderful job this year. Everything's coming together. Spring's catching up. I hope you're getting some time to sit and relax and take it all in. Sometimes I just have to slow down. And the other night I decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a couple plants home and uh, made a nice little drink. You know, my wife and I went outside. We dug some holes. We planted a couple plants. You know. 15 minutes, half an hour, you know, we had the plants kind of in. No real plan. We just kind of did it, you know, and it was just really nice. And we just kind of sat and relaxed and it was just nice. And then we made dinner and, you know, it was just a really enjoyable evening after a long, hard day of work. And sometimes I forget how fun that can be just to take it all in. So, you know, the the apple trees were leafing out in the front yard and... You know, we had cut down all the ornamental grasses and had done some weeding and cleaned up a bit. And so the yard's kind of taking shape. The perennials are starting to come out of the ground. We took a rhododendron that really had a lot of damage, and this kind of leads right into where I'm going. And I pruned it back extremely hard. I put a bunch of holly tone around it, and already I have four or five buds coming off the old stems. 
Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about all this damage because now we've had enough warm temperatures. And if you guys saw the interview I did with Cindy Williams this Friday, if you want to go to Channel 6, uh, WCSH6 website, Google the the Your Garden segment, and we did. We talked about roses. We talked about blue hydrangeas. We talked about um, you know holly. We talked about dwarf Alberta spruce. That will kind of give you a really good idea of some of the things that are going on. Now we didn't escape all the damage. How can we expect you to? These are all plants that are in the garden in our Yarmouth store. Okay, they're all plants that should have survived, they should have done well, and all of them are alive. So the word this year is patience, okay? I want you to be patient when it comes to your plants, okay? We've done some fertilizing. If you haven't, go ahead and get some down. Today's a perfect day. It's going to have some showers. Put them down. Let's go ahead and water a little bit. It'll activate my dwarf Alberta spruce at my house, the top two-thirds of them are completely brown. I mean brown, folks. No needles, no green needles. Awful. My wife looks at me and says, are you going to rip those out? I said, ah, hold on, patience. She says, no, they look awful. I hate where they are. I said, I know. I don't like where they are either. The previous owners of our house put them really close to the house. But I got some bigger plans. I don't want to, you know, just leave them be for now. She goes, okay, okay. I trust you. I trust you. I said, patience. By next weekend, they're going to have new growth all over them. I can tell you right now. The buds are all swelling. This has happened numerous times. They're in a tough spot, dry, gravelly soil. I don't do anything extra to these plants. I don't water them in the fall. I don't do anything because they're not plants I'm going to keep long term. So I'm not concerned about it. But it just led back to patience patience, okay? So rhododendrons, if you need to prune some right now, go ahead. I know they're going to look like sticks. They're going to look awful, but think about it. You might have to sacrifice some blossoms, which is okay, okay? Maybe your holly looks awful. Hold on. Let's not prune those yet. Let's just let them do their thing. They're going to drop a bunch of leaves. They're going to look like the deer chewed them to death, which maybe they did, patience okay we're just gonna allow things to rebound the holly that's in the segment that we taped has very few leaves left on it but when you scratch the bark it's nice and green under there the leaves are going to explode off of it now maybe am i going to move it to a less focal spot i probably will because it's right smack dab in a focal spot so now's the time to think about doing that also if you want to move some of these plants that are damaged and let them rebound now is the time before we get warm temperatures other than that, just patience. A little extra fertilizer, a little extra water, a little extra temperature, everything's going to start to activate. And we've seen that over the last 10 days, okay? So patience. Can I say it again? Patience. The phone's ringing off the hook with people who have damage on plants from here to there. You're not alone, okay? If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. So... The next topic is I don't want you to have patience, okay? I want you to get into the garden center when you're buying your Mother's Day gift and buy some sluggo, okay? Every year, a lot of questions about slugs, a lot of problems with slugs. I noticed my hosta were up about an inch yesterday. And I said, oop, I got to get my sluggo down. Now, if you think about it, folks, the many plants that you have and you always have problems with are plants that have a lot of canopy, they hold moisture, hoster a huge one. Now is the perfect time to put down sluggo because they're just emerging. All those slugs have to find a place to hide, and it's tough to get them underneath. You can put it right over the crowns of the plants, right where they're going to emerge out of the ground, and you've got your first application down before you even have foliage, what does that mean? You've got a guard against slugs right from the get-go, okay? You're knocking them out before there's even a problem, okay? And then we may have to reapply again a little bit later. But if you have 
big problems. And this is another thing. When you plant your annuals, plant your annuals and then put the sluggo around. Don't wait for the slugs to show up. Be proactive with it. Get it out there before there's a problem and you're going to find you're going to just die right down. Now, the other thing I want you to pick up is some diatomaceous earth. Okay, now we've talked a lot about diatomaceous earth, very organic, silica cuts those slugs and snails, but isn't it a perfect time because there's nothing on the ground to to use that? So you could use a combination or one or the other right now. Just remember, you have to reapply the diatomaceous earth after every rain. So that's partly why I like to get the sluggo down. But I like to use diatomaceous earth when the hostas are up, but they're not unfurled yet. So you've got foliage that they could be crawling up, but we lightly water down the area and we dust everything. Okay, then you've got another guard. So now we've double whammied them organically too, you know, no harmful stuff that's going to hurt pets or anything like that. Perfect way to just knock out that problem, okay? Right from the get-go, let's nip it in the bud. No worries whatsoever. The other thing is, and I'm kind of going against my better judgment here, but I'm going to push the envelope, folks. I'm going to start planting a few tomatoes and some other stuff in my garden, okay? I'm going to start. I'm going to put a few things in. I've got time. Garden's coming together. If you have a question about your garden, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. But there's two products that I want want you to buy when you're buying tomatoes this year. Not because I just want you to buy them with tomatoes, but because I really do feel these products add a lot. One is a product called Actinovate. It's a biological fungicide, organic, and it has to be used when you plant your tomatoes. I want to say that again. It has to be used when you plant your tomatoes. You can't use it effectively afterwards. This will help with your blight issues. It helps with root strength. It helps with, it's basically a B1 vitamin for tomatoes and other plants. You can water your other vegetable plants in with it also, like peppers and other things. But it is a B1 vitamin, basically, not really, but it's it's a biological fungicide that helps protect root systems, and I really like it, okay? It's been used by organic gardeners for a long time. We've been selling it for years. It's one of those products that, boom, it's gone off the shelf, and you don't even realize it, okay? The other p- product I really want you to think about is tomato blossom set spray. And you say, oh, this sounds like a gimmick. You know, it's... it's you just take one – it's kind of like a little little spray bottle, you know, uh, and you just spray those little sets, those little yellow sets. And what it does is it helps the fruit set and protect it. I got to tell you, I tried it out. <laughs> it works. I mean, it works. People swear by it. As soon as someone buys it that's having problems with tomato set, they religiously buy it. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You want to buy good plants. You want to have tomatoes. Well, here's a step to, you know, a couple steps to help with all of that. So tomato blossom set. It, I know, it sounds a little quirky. I was kind of skeptical. But trying it, I was, I was impressed. Now, the other thing I'm going to do more of this year is I'm going to do more grafted tomatoes. And you say, well, grafted tomatoes. What, what are you talking about? Tomatoes are grown from seed. Well, now, all these old-fashioned varieties, which we love heirlooms. I I love heirloom tomatoes. They taste much better than some of the new varieties. They're not bred to look pretty. They just taste good. You know, they're ugly. Let's be face it. They're all misshapen and funky, and but cool colors, different tastes, different textures. But heirlooms are known for not producing well and not producing a good fruit set. So I'm going to hold you out here, okay? Give me a call if you have a question, 775-1310 or 877-393. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk, WLOB.
great garden this year, but I don't know where to start. Does this sound like you? With so many great plants available, it can be tough knowing which ones are right for you and your home. The gardening pros at Estabrooks can help. Every time I come, they're always helpful to us. They are really knowledgeable about things because I don't know that much about gardening, so they always tell me what you know would be right in my house in the sun and the setting. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Whether it's pest management, improving your soil, treating diseases, or simply staying ahead of the weeds, gardening can often feel like a lot of work. Finding great local advice that's timely and helpful doesn't have to be. Sign up for the Estabrooks Garden newsletter, and you'll receive gardening tips, in-depth articles, and great deals every week right in your email inbox. It's the perfect way to stay ahead in the garden and save big on your next visit. To learn more and sign up, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook on a rainy Saturday by the looks of it out the window right now. That's okay. We're here all weekend, folks. No worries. You know, another Saturday wrapping up the show here. I want to thank everybody for calling, Kathy. If you have a question, please call. You know, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're finishing up here with grafted tomatoes a little bit and a few other tidbits, of course. But grafted tomatoes, they are those heirloom varieties. They're grafted onto a different rootstock, okay, that's more vigorous, okay, which gives the yield much better yield on these old-fashioned varieties. So, you know, these new hybrids, you know, they say between 30 and 50 pounds you should get. An heirloom, a lot of times, you may be 15, 20, if you're lucky. Now, these grafted boost those to the next level. Now, one thing you have to do about grafted tomatoes, and I've talked about this time and time again, I want you to plant your tomatoes deep, right? I mean, I I tell you, oh, dig a hole, get it down deep. Grafted tomatoes, we cannot do that. They are planted at the right depth in the pot. And the reason being we can't bury them deep is when you bury tomato deep, it roots off the stem. Well, of course, if we bury them deep... It's rooting off of the stem that's been grafted, which is the old variety. And we don't want roots off of the old variety. We want those roots from the graft to do all the feeding. So with grafted tomatoes, we keep them at the same level they are in the pot. We do not mound up around them. We do not change the level. We are very distinct in how we do this, okay? It's not to say the plant's going to do poorly. It's just... It's a different way of thinking, and if you bury them deep, you're still going to get some yield. It's just not going to be as good, and you defeat the purpose of the grafted tomato, which we're trying to avoid. So, again, grafted tomatoes, we do not bury deep. All other tomatoes, we do. We want them to put on root system, okay? Now, right now, the tomatoes are fairly short, so you're not going to bury them as deep. As you go on later in the season, the deeper you plant them. So grafted tomatoes are great. Now, here's the disclaimer, and listen loud and clear. They are not ready yet. Okay, they're not ready for sale yet. I would say by next weekend they will be, but I wanted to kind of start talking about them because people are thinking about making some choices on varieties. Some people are like, oh, I don't want to use the heirlooms because they don't do as well. And I want you to try one grafted tomato this year and see how it does i know they're more expensive i know they're a bigger plant but try one okay i think you're going to be really happy and and there's a whole lot of choices so it'll be tough to pick which choices but 
We have some wonderful varieties that are old-fashioned, great-tasting. Give one a shot. I think you're really, really going to like it. So we're going to get the sluggo down. We're going to get the diatomaceous earth down. We're going to do the actinovate. We're going to get the blossom set. These are all things you can pick up while you're picking up that hanging basket from mom or that azalea or that rose or whatever. And then you've got them. Okay? The best time to come and shop in a garden center is when it's raining, folks. Okay? If you want to get a gift and not fight the crowds, go to your garden center today where it's overcast and rainy. Tomorrow is going to be beautiful. And what do you think is going to happen? The place is going to be mobbed. So come in today. You can see the staff. We're not sending any of our staff home today. Okay? We're going to have all hands on deck. You're going to have plenty of personal service. Come in and see us. I'll be in Yarmouth all weekend. Say hi. I'll be working in the annual houses. I'll be here, there, everywhere. Just ask. Everybody has a radio. They can find Tom. Okay? So just ask for me. Other few other things to finish up the show here. We've had a lot of white grubs in lawns right now. Okay? So there's a couple products if you've got white grubs in there. One is Grub Beater that we want to talk about. Okay? You can use that. There's also a bare grub control, which is a liquid you can spot treat. With all grub control, I don't necessarily like to do the whole yard. I like to spot treat. So if you have a patch that's of dead lawn, don't necessarily do it in that brown patch. They are out on the edge of the green lawn is where they're actively feeding. So do two or three feet in the green lawn, two or three feet in the, in the brown, and you'll knock them dead every time. You don't have to broad base the whole lawn. If you want to do that, we might look at a different product. We might look at an ant, flea, and tick killer granule. Now, the reason why I picked that one is we get other benefits. The ticks are active now. So if you want to get rid of those, maybe you kill two birds with one stone. Okay, and that's premrethrin. And that's what all our wonderful companies that come in and do tick and mosquitoes, that's what they use. So it's the same product. Okay, very, very good product for that. You know, knock the ticks down now. That way you're safe out there. If you need to, do part of the yard this week, part of the yard another week, whatever. You know, keep the kids off of it, obviously. And any time of situation, we want to do that. Milky spore, not effective for grubs at this point. We're trying to get those on the Japanese beetles in the summer. You can put milky spore down, but they're not going to take care of the grub problem you have right now. Okay. Grubs will kill your lawn if there's 10 grubs per square foot. If you have less than 10 grubs, if you dig up a square foot or a couple square feet and you count 10, 15 grubs, you know you've got a bad infestation. If you've got one or two, don't worry about it. Not, no need. If you're 8 to 10, maybe I think about it. But if you're lower than that, no worries. And, of course, lime, lime, lime for all that moss. So a bunch of things in the lawn that you can do. The dandelions are coming soon. We're going to talk about more next week. Get out there and absolutely get mom a wonderful gift. Mom, I want to thank you for a wonderful, wonderful job raising both me and my brother. And we love you. Happy Mother's Day. Remember your mom today. Okay? Get out there. Enjoy your garden. WLOB Portland and WLOBRadio.com.